Well, you're uh, tuning into the live drive on Real Presence Radio. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. That's Father Daniel Weiske. Hello. And we have uh, some catching up to do. I want to thank Mary June of Dickinson for uh, for her contribution. Um, somehow, I'm not seeing all of the the rest oh, of that message. Yeah, she there. had some oh, there, messages okay, yeah. for us. She's offering prayers for those who are suffering with the coronavirus and for all those who have died as a result of the coronavirus. We also want to thank uh, John from Duluth and Carol from Duluth. Uh, Carol um, donated in honor of Father Joel, whose no. birthday is today. Is it his, his birthday? His birthday is today, Father really. Joel Hastings? Wow. Unbelievable. Fun. And his neighboring priest, his birthday is tomorrow, Father Peter. Oh, is that right? So, so Father Joel's birthday is today. That's amazing. That's wow. from my home parish. He's uh, the other father. He's uh, Father Hastings. Father That's Joel Hastings. Uh, Saint, Saint oh, and now Benedict, let's see. Right? Winnie from Fargo was there more? has made a gift. No, I, I'm, don't don't look at my at the screen right now. I'm oh, I'm not to, looking at the gift. I'm still trying to find where I am. Well, I'm looking at two <laughs> gifts from God. Their names okay. are Katie right. Jacobson and Dan Johnson. He's actually playing Candy Crush right now. <laughs> he was a little bit. <laughs> no, he's he's actually old. He's playing solitaire. Yeah. Well, let me just give the phone number one more time, 877-795-0122, and uh, you can also make your donations on realpresenceradio.com. We've got some matching challenge, matching gifts that we'll talk about, but introduce our guests, Father. Tell us who's here. Well, Dan Johnson, uh, again, he was here, oh, a few minutes ago. Uh, Faith Formation Director for High School and Adults in our local parishes. And Katie Jacobson, who is, well, actually, she's also a staff member of a different parish. Parishioner here, now spreading the faith in some nearby parish communities. And glad to have you both. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, now, should we tell them about the matching grants before they're amazed by this story? All right, all right. right. Because what if they get two, you know, and wrap up? These two have so much to share, (laughs) and it's so inspiring. This we might forget be, to share it the might be better to, It might be better to give the phone number later because people are going to listen and say, I want to be in on this. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Dr. Lee and Danielle from Bismarck are, are uh, part of the matching uh, challenge matching gift for this hour. Also, um, Nita's Attic and Coffee House in, in Napoleon and Nita's Attic in Jamestown. Wonderful. Um, are, so are matching gifts. Doing the matching gifts, too. So Challenge call 877-795-0122 or go to realpresenceradio.com to make your contribution. And uh, let's hear this story. Well, let's hear this story. This I've only is, heard uh, rumors of it, whispers of it. Oh, oh, is that right? Well, yeah. you'll hear it shouted from the housetops today, mm-hmm. or at least from the speakers in your bedroom or your car. And um, Dan, Katie, what's your story? Katie's a Catholic now, but you weren't always. Right. Always wanted to be, I understand. No, yeah, definitely <laughs> not. Um, I was extremely anti-Catholic, uh, like many people are. And... Um, I mean, the, the I went to school for theology, and I definitely knew my Protestant faith backwards and forwards, and knew all the reasons why I was not Catholic and would never ever be Catholic. And then I met Dan. <laughs> nodding doesn't help on the radio, Mr. <laughs> and where did that happen, Dan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that here at St. Andrews? <laughs> so, uh, if we're gonna put the uh, blame on somebody, it would be my brother-in-law actually invited uh, Katie to come to Theology on Tap here in Brainerd. Which I didn't know was Catholic. Ah. That's why I agreed to go. Ah. Well, Theology Nerd is part of her email address to give you an idea, and that's actually what uh, 
sparked my yeah. brother-in-law's uh, looking into. He just asked her about yeah. this theology. I'd, l- I'd like to point something out, though, too, because if people are just listening to the radio, going through the stations, they might not know it's Catholic-based content when they start listening, and they might get infiltrated with the truth, like Katie was going to Theology on Tap. Whoops. Theology on Tap, didn't know it was Catholic. Yep. So your brother-in-law saw her email address, Theology Nerd. Yeah, so he just asked her about it, and uh, she said she loves theology, and he said, gosh, uh, I don't remember if it was that week or the following week, he invited her to come to Theology on Tap uh, here in Brainerd, and uh, so she took him up on it. And as I recall, she expected to come in uh, and there would be a back room with maybe 10 people sitting around a table for this Theology on Tap. And uh, she was shocked to find uh, Father Ben Hadrich actually was the priest oh, that yeah. was speaking that night. And the place, was it was full. Uh, with standing room only, in fact. and yeah. uh, Probably, what, a couple hundred people possibly? Or hundred, it, hundred yeah, plus anyway. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it was also, Katie had said that she hadn't had much exposure to priests and having conversations, hearing them speak. So it was one of the first times also she saw a Catholic priest standing in a bar speaking. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe you want to say, uh, say a w- or should I just tell your whole story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, my only exposure to priests previously had been in the movies. And so I really only knew of kind of like a mafia-tinted version <laughs> of the priests that are just kind of these shady characters in little booths <coughs> that people go to confession to. And there's always violence somehow. That was all I knew of priests. And so to come in and first, like I said, I was expecting a couple of nerds at a table, and I thought that's what our our night would consist of. And then dozens and dozens and hundreds of people there because they wanted to be. That also kind of blew a stereotype I had of Catholics that, I mean, Catholics just show up for Mass, and that's it. They want to do their time and get out. So this was a Saturday night. All these Catholics are here because they want to be. Um, there were three priests, or maybe four that night, milling around, uh, which was a little disconcerting. That was a little scary for me, but um, it was amazing to see the people interacting. Uh, they all wanted to be there. They were all talking. It was kind of like a big family, and I thought, what, what is this all about? What's going on here? This isn't what I expected at all. Hmm. Like a big family, you were surprised in the situation. Okay. And what happened? Because um, you're here today somehow. Right. And, and at the last minute, I did find out it would be Catholic. Oh, no. um, and I, I thought about not coming, but I, I thought of this also as, like, God has given me this mission. I'm going to come save the Catholics. This will be my opportunity to go and witness and, and save some Catholics. Thank you. Um, save their souls. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so I, I come in, and I was immediately welcomed. And, I mean, I just, I didn't think about the fact that I had built up such a stereotype in my head. I didn't realize I had gotten Catholics kind of, I had built them up into monsters, kind of, if I'm honest. Um, I expected just very, um, maybe not rude, but gruff people, um, very keep to themselves. I did not expect to be so welcomed and so included, and uh, just the whole atmosphere was amazing. And so it was, it was a shock to me to come into this culture that I did not expect whatsoever. And then after the father had spoken, after Father Ben had given his talk, um, obviously there were words that I just did not understand at all. And I thought, well, here I've got these degrees in theology. How is it that I don't understand half of what he's saying? You know, what did this word mean? And what did this word mean? And that's when they sent Dan over to me. They said, well, here's the guy that can answer your questions. And 
we ended up talking till at least 11 that night. Like Dan had to order a pizza and everything because I just kept pounding him with questions. I almost perished right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and it's good you didn't have your gruff gray beard back in <laughs> those days. That's right. That's exactly that's right. for the stereotype. Yeah. yeah. So all those questions that I just kept throwing at Dan, like he, he, he knew his faith, again, very shocking. I didn't know that there were Catholics out there that could even speak to their faith. And, um, and then eventually he just said, hey, why don't you come to this class called RCIA? Um, we go into depth. All these questions that you have, we go into depth and we discuss all of these topics. And so that sounds interesting. Um, I had done a lot of RCIA type classes in many different denominations. Um, I never considered myself seeking. Uh, I knew the truth and I was not looking elsewhere, but I was also mindful of the fact that there were over 30,000 denominations. And if I was going to be involved in the field of theology, I needed to have a very good idea about a lot of them. Um, so I went to a lot of classes like that and I thought, well, I've done that with this denomination and that denomination. I had spent a year with the Mormons and a year with Jehovah's Witnesses, and I thought, man, I never thought about doing that with the Catholics, but um, they were kind of grouped together with Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses in my mind, so I thought that would be a good one to cross off the list. Um, so it was going to be a check mark. Um, RCIA, done. Uh, I went, I heard what the Catholics said, I'm knowledgeable now, uh, the end. And I did tell Dan very clearly that I had two conditions for his RCIA class. I would go, but I needed to. I needed him to understand I would never be Catholic. Um, I didn't want to be rude and waste his time. So I said, as long as you understand, I'll never be Catholic. And I said, the other thing is I will not do that bizarre head tap, shoulder tap thing you guys do when you pray. <laughs> like, I want none of that voodoo. So he said, that's fine. You don't have to be Catholic, and you don't have to cross yourself. You can just come learn. And so I was suspicious, but I said, okay, I'll see you there. I just want to give out that phone number again. It's 877 uh, or you can uh, go to realpresenceradio.com. We're broadcasting on, uh, on Real Presence Radio for the live drive. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. Father Daniel Weiske is here. We've got uh, Katie Jacobson and Dan Johnson telling about a story. And, and one of the uh, things you left off on, um, Katie, you, you used the word truth. You already knew the truth. Mm -hmm. You weren't going to do the, uh, uh, you weren't going to come to the RCIA classes, but you're not going to become Catholic. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And none of the voodoo, tap your head, tap right. your shoulders, tap your chest. I don't want stuff, anything so. to do with nothing, your weird nothing, Catholic nothing stuff. About, no, 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 yeah. that weird Catholic stuff. This is getting good. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what was next? Dan. So one of the things that, so I've done this for, I guess this is eight, something like eight years now, and Katie's the first person I've had in RCA that had some knowledge of uh, Greek. Um, and... I, I will never forget the night uh, that we talked about the Eucharist, and uh, I didn't know this, uh, that Katie actually went to the bathroom during the break uh, to cry, and she came back because it, it blew her world up, and we chatted, I can't remember if it was that night or the following week, but knowing that she knew Greek, I told her, I said, Katie, I want you to go home and get your Greek New Testament out and look at John chapter 6, the Bread of Life Discourse. Read it in the Greek and just tell me what you think. Um, so I, that was one of the, after knowing Katie now for several years, um, that's one of my favorite moments. Would you talk a little bit about that? Uh? Sure. Um, I mean, after, it, 
The reason I went to the bathroom and cried during that Eucharist night um, in RCIA is because I, I was experiencing a lot. I went in knowing what Dan would say. Like, I know exactly what the Catholics say about this. It's going to be John 6, blah, blah, blah. Um, there wasn't anything that he said that was brand new or different, but it was striking me in such a different way. And um, it, was, it was like a physical reaction. I felt ill about it. And I just thought, I don't know what's going on here. Um, theology does not upset me. <laughs> this isn't what theology does. <laughs> this is not an emotional subject. Um, I felt so torn, and I went in the bathroom because I thought, I just... Uh, you know, is this is this God leading me to the Catholic Church? Like, how how could that possibly be true? How could Dan be right? That that just isn't possible. So then I thought, but maybe Satan's trying to trick me. And what if it's Satan trying to trick me into the Catholic Church? And so I had this huge like breakdown in the bathroom. Like, what's going on? And it ultimately ended up being just God. I don't know what you're doing. I'm so confused and I'm so scared and I'm so lost and I just I don't know what's up anymore and what's down and uh, I'm gonna go back to class and just finish the class but I might I might not ever come to RCI again so that was kind of the deal I made with myself and then after class Dan said you know what did you think and so I I don't want to be rude but I'm going to go home and shred everything you said I'm going to go home and destroy you and he said, yeah, I kind of figured that. So, and that's when he said, why don't you go home and, and read your Greek too while you're at it? I'm like, oh, I will. Thank <laughs> you very much. And I did. And I went home and I got out my Greek and I got out my old workbooks and my textbooks. And I started to um, proceed to try to just completely shred everything Dan had said. And I ended up having the opposite effect. Everything that I tried to destroy that he said, my Greek was confirming it. And... Every time I tried to poke a hole in what he had said, I was finding that he was right. And I was furious about that. That was a horrible night. Um, and then furthermore, he asked me to read Justin Martyr. And that was kind of like the nail in the coffin to go back and realize that it had always been this way. The earliest Christians had always believed in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist physically. Mm -hmm. um, that was horrifying to me, and I felt. I mean, and then there there comes in feelings of betrayal and anger. Um, how do I have my degrees in this? And I never knew that. How did I not know that? Um, I'm upset at everyone about this. Who do I take this out on? <laughs> uh, it was a very tough night for me. The answer is Dan. You take yeah, it right. <laughs> well, I think that. There is something here that I've also learned on a lighter note, too, that when someone's at a church event and they go to the bathroom, pray for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, now, Katie, ta now uh, I don't know if it was two years later, three, four years later, and all of a sudden Melina is at Theology yeah. on Tap. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> Katie talks to her, and she's just been in the, crying, crying in the bathroom. In the bathroom. But, yeah. but Katie was an apostle, so you went from this place to being an apostle, which I think is an opportunity for us to thank someone. Yeah, we do have uh, somebody who called in with a, a donation on that uh, apostle level. Rose from Winemere, North Dakota. Thank you so much, Rose. We appreciate hearing from you. Nice to have that contribution. An apostle. And so in this very dramatic, profound, painful conversion process, uh, there you were. You're seeing, trying to poke holes in what Dan has taught. It's the Catholic teaching and understanding of the scripture and of the faith. And you've, you've 
you dove in and you're trying you're picking it apart and now here you are mm-hmm. yeah where did you go from there um <coughs> excuse me actually i entered a a, a phase of <coughs> excuse me where i i felt like i i knew too much to be protestant anymore um and but all i had was like this destruction and this crumbling down of my theology and i wasn't to the point where i thought catholicism had it all right it was like you know, I'm I'm starting to think maybe they're right about the Eucharist, but I'm not sure yet. And I entered this area where it was just, well, I mean, if you're a Christian, you are a Protestant or a Catholic. That's all there is to it. And here I was floundering in between, and I'm like, I'm neither of those things. Um, who even am I anymore? I felt like my whole identity was gone. This is what I had gone to school for. This is what I wanted my future to be. This is how I'm raising my children now I'm nothing. I don't know what I am. Um, but it was continuing to go to RCIA and having people who did not pressure me. Um, the Catholics were all very supportive and nobody pressured me. Um, that would have been awful, I think, if I had been pressured. And I just, it was just like, okay, God, I show me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I am anymore. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know if this is real or not. And um, you're going to have to guide me in this and so that's what he did so there's a prayer of the heart there and a surrender as well as your intense effort to understand yeah. and seek the truth yeah a lot of reading a lot of reading and just constantly badgering dan with questions mm-hmm. um i believe i badgered you quite a bit too like why do you do that why did you just do what you did why did you light a candle what does that mean <laughs> mm-hmm. so a lot of scary things a lot of that was really scary so how did this play out at home um, it was, I think it was a lot harder on my older two kids. Um, I have four children. My oldest is now 18, and um, I've got two girls that are 18 and 15, and the boys are 8 and 6. Um, they had heard me railing against Catholicism mm-hmm. their whole mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was very open about what I had been learning, and I think that was kind of a saving grace in all of that, is they, they heard me wrestle through it. It's not like one day I'm saying, oh, the Catholic Church is horrible. And then the next day, oh, I'm going to be Catholic. Uh, they watched me wrestle through all of it. We actually have kind of a running joke. Uh, Dan's brother-in-law, Wade Mathers, being <laughs> the one that introduced me to Dan. And he was the one that I did essentially blame for a lot of it. Because if I'd be cooking dinner and going through this theology in my mind, I would get frustrated and I would just kind of growl his name. I was like, oh, Wade Mathers. <laughs> like if he would have just left me alone, if he hadn't invited me to that theology on tap... I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be struggling through all these things. And so uh, the kids, it ended up being where anytime any of them were frustrated, they would say, Wade Mathers. <laughs> so we all ended up struggling through that, um, which was good. And the, my older girls, they still don't know where they are with things mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I know it took me a while, they so I'm being patient. They need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, and we'll pray for them. That's, <laughs> where, that's what we've learned. Yep. It's interesting how, but even in, in, in these situations, you never know when that's going to happen, that someone is present. You mm-hmm. reach out to them, or you're just there to speak with them, and it, it causes, I mean, there's this deep interior work happening yep. that can lead them to tears that yeah. um, pay attention and and. And I think it's important to note that I blamed Wade and all of this. Dan was the one that was answering all my questions. Mm-hmm. You guys were doing the heavy lifting, but Wade was the one that I blamed. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, if then that's appropriate. Just that single, <laughs> just that single invitation. Right. Yeah. Like really, that's all we need to be doing is inviting people and welcoming people, and it can turn their lives upside down. And that's real presence. Radio is Wade. 
yeah. is really what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that invitation. That's mm-hmm. that those seeds that are planted. Those moments of 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 truth. You talked about truth. You talked about wanting to to take everything home and shred it and you ended up with a broken shredder well <laughs> this is you know this is real presence radio is is where where these things are are put forth i want to take just a moment to thank uh, thomas and arlene bilberg of rozo and kelly biondi of hermantown and neil and vicky bosch of fargo and also jacob denault of uh, of jamestown for their their contributions here in the last uh, few minutes eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two and uh, you can also make your contribution at real presence radio and so there are many players I hear in your story. Uh, Wade with the basic invitation, which is so important. He took a risk with that, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you came to the event. Uh, there was some kind of engagement with the people there. You had the questions for Dan, who that very night was able to be present and stick around and answer. And he was ready to do that. But then the, the story continues and on and on. And I admit, whenever you'd have questions for me, I thought, okay, Dear God, you know, help me not to say the wrong thing. This person's very smart and looking for, you know, holes to poke. <laughs> but um, can you say anything more about how then how the story developed? Because eventually, of course, you, uh, you know, just found that you you were committed now to this path. Yeah, um, and there and there are a lot of different things, a lot of different little things, um, people along the way that fed that. Um, being asked to chaperone a Steubenville trip was very important. Um, which Dan knew exactly what he was doing when he did that, because I thought, this isn't for me to go on. I'm not even Catholic yet. But um, um, going to the cathedral in Ohio, um, seeing the typology painted on the ceilings, um, that was a huge step, huge step for me in just the the truth and the depth of the Catholic Church and that tradition. Um, I could see it playing out before me. And... I mean, I, w- I think I was quiet for the next hour, just contemplating all of that, like, oh my goodness. And then being able to say, even when I was super sleepy, to be able to say amen. I had always had to guard my amens because there wasn't exactly any church where my theology fit 100%, and there's a lot of pressure with that, um, a lot of pressure to do the right thing. What is, well, what is influencing my theology? Is it my baggage or is it actually true? And with 30,000 denominations, how do I know what's true? Will I ever find that one denomination? And then to find the Catholic Church believe in their authority took immense pressure off me. But then also there's that great responsibility that now this is true. Now that I believe in this authority, now that I believe in the Eucharist, um, I, I don't have to worry about finding the truth. They've got it there for me. But now here's this this responsibility of living this faith. So um, it was just a long, long process of getting to know what that all meant. And ultimately for me, the final thing was the Catholic Church's stance on contraception. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say is the final straw. But my you know my first reaction when I heard about it was... Who on earth does the Catholic Church think they are to tell me what to do with my body? And who, how can they tell any woman what to do with her body? But that was that, that moment where I thought, okay, is this where I keep deciding what my theology is? Or is this where I say, they've been right about this, they've been right about this, they've been right about this. If they truly have this authority that I'm convinced they have, then guess what? I live by faith for the first time here and say, I will abide by this teaching, then find out about it. Then I will study it. I don't have to study it first. This is going to be the first time I live by it first and trust that the church is right 
and then I'll read about it. And then I did. I when I read about it, I was like, that makes perfect sense. This mm -hmm. is actually beautiful. This isn't this isn't a restriction. This is this is beauty and this is life. And that was when I knew that's when I knew I was Catholic. Was that moment. Calls it eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or go to real presence radio dot com and uh what i, what I hear here is you found presence. the foundations of the faith the, the authority in the eucharist the, like these anchors yeah and uh, for me it was similar uh, opening to priesthood anyway same kinds of two things even father mike schmitz's vocation story I, i'm amazed at the similarities in those stories mm -hmm. oh really th yeah contraception was the issue we could, anyone can listen to his you can find it online on uh, youtube but um that issue of authority structure and turning to faith saint anselm um, has this phrase, you know, faith seeks understanding, that faith comes first, and then understanding follows. And you were living that out and, you know, finding joy in that now for the, f in a new depth. Yeah, yep. And just having the people around me that I had was amazing. The community really rallied behind me, and I'm so grateful for that. And we are grateful, too, for all of those who have uh, called in their support and have been supporting Real Presence Radio. We're grateful for Real Presence Radio itself for giving us uh, these opportunities to, to share the truth with, with folks who may happen uh, along um, in a number of ways, whether it's Wade or, <laughs> or it's uh, delivering ice in a summer day in a truck and you, you happen across the, the radio station, whatever it is. So 877-795-0122 or go to realpresenceradio.com. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, Father Daniel Weiske. Would you end with a, with a prayer and a blessing real quick? Absolutely. And thanks again, Dan and Katie, for sharing your story. Thank in you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless all of our listeners with peace and joy and an uh, understanding of his truth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Thank you.